beautiful but deadly. Where the beauty of makeup meets the horror of true crime. With Chuck and Liz. So this is the second part of a two-parter that we started last week on Jan Broberg. So if you're just finding us now, please go listen to the last episode or else you're going to be lost as to what's happening and all of the cast of characters that we have. Long list. So just listen to the first episode and then come back. But if you listen to the first episode, I will not waste any more time. This is a continuation of the Jan Broberg case. So where we left off was Jan had stayed with B in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, for two weeks. That's quite a name. Essentially with uh, her parents' permission. Yeah, we didn't talk about that last time. Jack Jackson, Hole. Jackson, Jackson Hole. Hole. Who is Jackson and why is this hole named... Jackson Hole. That's weird. It's like um, we have a street near where we oh, live called yeah. Cathole, but everyone calls it Old Cathole. That's how it's spelled. Cathole. Cathole. Okay. And where we are is that Jan came back, but she was very angry she had come back home. And B essentially threatened Marianne and said that she would never see Jan again. And he would, quote, take her to the jungles of Africa. You'll never find us. That brings us to August 10th, 1976. The family woke up to Jan being gone. Her bed was empty, but nothing looked very disturbed or anything like that. So it wasn't like she was forcibly taken. Jan left a note that said, quote, Dear Bob and Marianne, you won't let me do what's right, so I will do what is wrong. I am leaving without B and do not plan on coming back until you accept me as me. I cannot accept your religion or your screwed up morals. I just want to be me and have B. Please, before all of us are destroyed, let me go, end quote. Which, a few notes on this is that I definitely think it was either written or Jan was told what to write. Oh, 100% by B. I can't see... <sighs> well, here's what I think. First of all, why is she addressing her parents as Bob and Marianne? Exactly. She never did that. Exactly. Secondly, there are... You know how when adults are trying to write as kids, they'll purposefully <laughs> misspell things? Yo. So they misspelled accept, which, like, fair enough. I'm sure a lot of adults would misspell accept. Instead of A-C-C-E-P-T, like, you need to accept me. Mm-hmm. They wrote it as E-X-C-E-P-T, oh boy. as in they are an exception to something. Oh, boy. And secondly, a very, very big one, is they spelled religion wrong. They spelled it R-E-L-I-G-E-O-N. Same. Which sounds like, to me, an adult trying to be like, oh, I'm not an adult writing this note. I'm yeah. a little kid, you know? Look, I spelled this wrong. I'm totally like a 14-year-old, I swear. I'm pretty sure a 14-year-old can spell religion. That's just me. Also, what doesn't make sense to me is that if it were to be B that wrote this note, why would he denounce their religion? The thing I'm thinking is maybe she was mad at them for essentially calling him out for messing with another little girl and making him go to therapy. That's fair. But, like, they also went to church. Of the LDS faith. Imagine seeing your daughter's kidnapper at church. I'd be like, this is fine. I mean, they were probably happy about it. They continued affairs with him. You're not fucking wrong. Also, I think B wrote it because it explicitly said, oh, I'm not with B. Don't worry, guys. I'm not, not with, with B. B. Like, like, where else could I possibly go? But I'm not with B. Doth protest too much. 
I can imagine me being like, put in there, put in there that you're not with me. You're not with me. You can't let them know. You gotta make that very clear. They'll never know. <laughs> They'll never suspect a thing if you say you're not with me. They'll be like, oh, thank you, that lovely daughter that ran away from home. <laughs> thank you for telling me exactly not where you're gonna be. Yeah. B called that afternoon and said Jan had called him and said that she ran away but wouldn't tell him where she was. This is, Jan said, this is the man that she loved. Why would she not tell the man that she loved where she went? Exactly. That's real convenient. Real convenient for B. Her parents didn't tell anyone she was missing either. If anyone asked where Jan was, they would say that Jan was at her grandmother's. They were afraid word would get out that she was gone again. They weren't worried for Jan's safety. They were worried about their image. Let's say, let's say for a second you're Bob and Marianne, and you truthfully think that your child ran away. I would see visions of my child on the side of the highway, getting dead. picked up by random people, dead, and you're not worried about your daughter being missing. No, of course not. God forbid their image is just not what they want Destroyed. It to It's just... They put Jan last. You said that last episode. They yeah. put Jan last. They Every couldn't give less time. of a shit. And you'll come to see that after this whole ordeal, she still talks to her parents. And forgave them. Forgave them. Like, I could never. I could never either. Um, Jan was gone for two weeks before the Brobergs called Agent Walsh. Two weeks. I can't imagine not talking to you for two weeks, let alone my child. And to be like, this is fine. I can't even imagine not talking to mom and dad for two weeks, and I'm an adult. It's just, oh, I would be so worried. Yeah. I don't think I would get through a day of you being missing. That's what I'm saying. I don't... You know how worried I get... Even if I left... Yeah. You would still be like, oh shit, what if she's not okay? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll know you'll be, like, driving home or whatever, and you'll be late, and I'm like... Please don't be dead. dead. Please don't be dead. She's dead. Welsh talked to B, and B said that he was heartbroken and didn't know where she was. Welsh saw through the shit and knew B knew where she was, as we all probably guess. As we all know. That night and morning, this is Jan's point of view, she opened the window to her basement bedroom, and B was standing outside. He helped her out the window, and they drove to California. Uh, September 1st, 1976. This is when B started his prison sentence. Now, listeners, he ended up getting he ended up getting out early for good behavior. Originally, he was sentenced to five years, but then it was reduced to forty-five days. Of those forty-five days, how many days do you think he spent in jail? He spent ten days in jail. Ten days. I can't even imagine. On a five-year sentence. After this, B went to Salt Lake City and basically disappeared. B would continue to call the Brobergs so the FBI tapped their phones to, you know, just make sure everything's kosher. Because at this point, they still suspected that B knew where she was. This is a recording of one of their conversations. Insert the clip here. Hello, Brobergs. Hi, Marianne. Bob. Hello, B. How are you? Well, not very good. I just got through talking to Jan. Oh, you did? Did she tell you at all where she was? No. I think Jan's done some things that she doesn't want to tell me about. Hmm. She was stealing for a living to prostitution and selling dolls. Oh, my goodness. I asked her. I said, honey, 
marry her. There'll never be anybody for me but Jan. Never. I haven't seen the kid since the 31st of July, and I still feel exactly the same way as I always did. Oh, my. And just the sound of her voice on the phone just, just puts me in darling. The calls from B to the Brobergs continued for about three months. November 1976, which is around 90 days after Jan disappeared. The FBI had tracked down B's motorhome in Salt Lake City eventually. Instead of knocking down the door and making their presence known to him at all, they put him under surveillance. After two to three weeks, an agent from Salt Lake City knocked on the door and Birch told let him in. B says he hadn't seen Jan, but the agents knew that B knew where she was. The inside of B's trailer sounds like a nightmare, a true nightmare. All over his motorhome, he had giant poster-sized pictures of Jan that were taking the motorhome. And these posters were like, they weren't explicit, but knowing the backstory, they're kind of uh, like, a, like a little pervy. I mean, yeah, well, seeing as how she's 14, and he has these pictures hanging up in his, you said motorhome? Yep. That's fucking weird. In their poster size. Yeah, and it's not like it's his kid or something. You have to get those, like, printed, especially yeah. in the 70s. You gotta go to a shop to and get print that, those. You have to really want those. That's so fucking weird. And it's a nightmare. It's, it's a nightmare. If I walked into a house like that... I'd be like, oh, it's sir, in, this, in, in it. One day, out of the blue, the Brobergs got a call from Jan. Karen was the one that had originally picked up the phone, and she became hysterical immediately, because her sisters were all very close to her. And Karen, of course, as the little sister, missed her. Jan said that she had called to say that she missed the family and that she loved them. Marianne and Bob ended up speaking to her as well. Bob was similarly hysterical. Marianne, on the other hand, uh, didn't I mean, seem as affected. I have nothing to prove this. I'm talking on my ass, so I'm going to say... Don't sue us. Allegedly. Don't sue us. I get the feeling that Marianne didn't care as much because she was more jealous that B wanted uh, her daughter than her. It was like competition. Yes. She's like, oh, Disgusting. she's back. 
She was even so blase about her child being kidnapped. She doesn't give a shit. November 11th, 1976. After 102 days of of Jan being missing, agents had spotted B using a payphone at a local gas station. In the phone booth, he had left the phone book open, and there was a number written on the book. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Also, throwbacks to one, payphones, two, phone books, three, phone books in payphones. Thank you. And good night. Good night. The number was traced to Pasadena, California, specifically to an all-girls Catholic school. Which, another side note, can we talk about how it's all girls and how Jan's not allowed to interact with literally any other boy? Yeah. Put a pin in that one for later. When the FBI called, the school said that they had no one by that name. Jan had gone by the name Janice Tobler. After the FBI essentially said, yeah, we're the FBI and we need to find a missing girl, the nuns told them the story of what happened. So here's the 